0: I'm looking forward to this week. We have Seek Week, all right? If you remember, at the beginning of the year, I said we're gonna have a week where we're gonna seek God and we're gonna have special services every night. Well, it's here, it's this week. And I wanna let you know that uh, every night we're gonna have praise and worship. So every night we have praise and worship. Now, it's only at two locations. It's only at our Apple Valley location and our Shakopee location. So we're asking everybody to drive to it and to go and to be part of that. It will not be online. So sorry for those that are part of the online congregation. You could get a recap video the next day, but it'll not be online. And then we're gonna figure it out for next year what we're gonna do for our online congregation because that's continuing to grow. But for this year, Seek Week, those two locations. Now some of you are like, I can't believe I have to drive all the way to Apple Valley or to Shockpee Let me tell you, when there was just one campus, one campus, Faribault used to drive every week to Apple Valley, okay? And then we were, had so many people driving from Faribault that we started a campus there. So come on, let's go. Uh, you're like, gas is $5 a gallon. We pray for a strong tailwind. I mean, I don't know what, like <laughs> carpool, carpool. Do, meet new friends in the lobby and come together, okay? People are like, oh, it's so far away. Those of you that are north of the river, you're like, oh, that's so, like Apple, isn't that where the zoo is? Like, we do our annual trip there once a year. Let me tell you something. The Richards family, before there was the Crosstown campus, for 10 years, they came from Edina and drove here. We still have people right now that drive two hours to come to our Saturday night service, all right? Yeah, two hours, all right? So you either go to Shakopee campus or Apple Valley, It's gonna be there. We'll have worship teams at both locations. Now, Monday night, it's on the power of the Holy Spirit. Tim Enlow is our guest. He travels around the nation, preaching on the power of the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you are looking for this, if you are praying for this, if you are feeling that we believe that people will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, new gifts of the Spirit will be given, and we're believing for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Monday night. On Tuesday night, I'm preaching on healing, and we are believing God that people will be healed, that we'll see the miraculous take place. And we are coming into this with full faith on Tuesday. On Wednesday night, our youth are taking over, and Pastor Gabby, she's gonna be preaching on Wednesday night. And so the youth will get priority seating, the adults will be in the stadium seating and in the overflow, but the youth will be there, all right, they get priority seating. Thursday will be a night of evangelism. Pastor Kirk is preaching on the heart of evangelism and having a passion to reach the lost again. On Friday night, we're doing um, uh, street teams and it's limited to only 200 people. So they can only handle 200. So the rest of you need to find someone to share your faith with on your own. But for those that sign up, 200 people can go to the street teams. And then on Saturday, Serve Your City, which is at all of our campuses. So you're doing uh, Serve Your City. And I want to let you know there'll be water baptisms at every service. So we're going to be water baptizing people. And there's ministry for kids every night. They will have a service that will coincide with what's happening in the main auditorium. So there's stuff for the kids there as well. And again, it's only live uh, I mean, in the future, I'm believing people will fly in for this. And I also will figure out what we're going to do with our online because we don't want to make it so you, you can't participate. But this year, you get the recap video. All right, so to kick it off, this is a two-part series. And uh, today, we're going to look at the greatest commandment. And Jesus said there, was, there were two parts to it, two parts. To it. it really fits with what we're doing. And the first part is talking about loving God. And the second part is talking about loving our neighbor. And if you notice, like in this Seek Week, we're doing both. We're, we're loving God, and then it switches to evangelism, and then it goes to loving our neighbors. So it's, it's all part of a strategy that's going on. And so as we kick it off here, um, I wanna look at what the Bible has to say in Luke chapter 10. Incidentally, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this story And um, by the way, we also have the soap sprint. Our soap sprint during this time, during Seek Week, lines up and I'm so excited on Sunday now, we're reading uh, the account in Matthew, Mark and Luke for the sermon today. So we're that's that's the part of soap. And then we're going right into Acts, which is the power of God and the church growing and the church expanding and the church meeting the need. I love that this is all organized together. Now in Luke chapter 10, can you tell I'm excited, by the way? Can you tell I'm uh, just kind of excited about, our, you know. And, and I, I almost thought about preaching a message like I, when, when, if you don't know the story, David is longing for water that from his hometown, he's like, oh, it'd be so amazing you know, and, and, and he gets the gift and, and these, his, his guys go and get the water from his hometown, risk their life, he gets it and he's like, oh man, I just gotta pour this out as a, as a gift to God. Like, I, I wanna pour it out. Like, I'm gonna give God this costly sacrifice. And he pours out something that was so precious. And, and to a Minnesotan, and I know many of our people in our church watching online are not from Minnesota, but for a Minnesotan, the next seven days are like precious water, right? You're like, it's summer, there's no snow. There's no snow and I've got a summer night and I could do a barbecue. And I'm asking you to just kind of pour the barbecue out or have it a little early and then still come to be a part of Seek Week. I'm asking you to make it a priority 6.30 every night to be a part of this and to say, so, but we are looking forward to what God wants to do. And I'm I want to call this too as well. If you want to pray and fast, I would encourage you on Tuesday, let's pray and fast and believe God for healings and miracles and breakthroughs and I'm reminded of years ago, um, John Wimber was, was uh, very well known for the vineyard movement and they started praying for healing and praying for healing and praying for healing and they prayed for the sick and prayed for the sick and they said, nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. And they kept praying and praying and praying and they positioned themselves to say, God, we're gonna keep praying, we're gonna keep praying, we're gonna get, keep asking, seeking, praying, knocking. And one day it was like all of heaven opened up and I've been praying like, I've been praying like, Could Tuesday night, Lord, not be a primer night, but could it be a breakthrough night? Could Tuesday be like, I mean, if it is just a primer, I'm good, I'm gonna position myself, but I'm just praying, could Tuesday night not be a primer night, but could it be a breakthrough? Could somebody see the power of God in their life like I've seen, like others have seen, like we could all testify to, and could we believe God for something incredible this week in Seek Week, in Jesus' name. So in Luke 10, Luke 10, um, this is what it says in verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, that's it. Like, you got it. You got it. It's right there. And in Matthew, he adds this in Matthew 22. Again, you're going to be reading this with soap on Sunday here. Um, he says, all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. He said, everything hangs on this. Like, do you understand, like we could summarize it all down, everything hangs on this, everything works. If we get this right, everything else works in our faith, everything else works in our relationship with God. If we, it all hangs there, if these two things are happening, it all falls into place. Now the religious leader, they're asking him like, can you, Jesus, can you like summarize 613 laws? If you don't know this, Moses had 613 laws. 613, like all the laws and all the ways to love God and to serve God and to obey God, 613. And they're like, can anybody bring 613 down to a smaller number? Like how many be like in that, can we just summarize? Can we, how many love the Cliff's Notes version? You know, like you're like, just tell me in just a couple of minutes, all right. So Moses has 613. David in Psalm 15 brings it down to 11, okay? So he brings it down to 11. Isaiah in one spot brings it down to six things. Micah brings it down to three things. In Micah 6, 8, it says this, he has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Isaiah in another spot brings it down to two things. And so they bring it to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, what do you, what do you, what do you think? And in this moment, it's like a combo platter. He puts two things together in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and in Leviticus 19.8. I'll read those things in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then he combines in Leviticus 19.8. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And Jesus is saying if you combine this and you just kind of make it like in English, I used to get in all sorts of trouble because I would just do run-on sentences. How many are with me? You know, I just I just make them really long and they're like, that's a run-on. I was like, but I like it like that. (laughs) Yeah. I like long sentences. They're like, no, shorter is better. All right. But he puts them all together. And he says, and matter of fact, Jesus even expands it. Like from Leviticus, it's love your neighbors like your Jewish neighbors. And Jesus like blows their minds and says, like, love you know, the strangers and love the Samaritans, love everybody, like he expands it even more, but it's an amazing thing. And he says, it all hangs on these two things. And so that's why we're gonna look at these two things today, this week and then next week. So the first one is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. And it, this has to be first, it's the most important thing. We're loving God. That's who saved us. That's who loved us first. And we're loving God. We have to get this right. It's the most important thing. It's so important. It's the first thing we have to understand in, in bringing pleasure to God and obeying him and being in this relationship. When he forgives us of our sins, we're loving God with all that we are. That's the, we're devoted to that. If you've ever flown on an airplane and they say like, in the event that we lose cabin pressure and you're traveling with a small child, put your mask on first and then put, this is the first mask. You put this one on first. Like this is the first thing. And it's, it's interesting, these two commandments, I, I saw this illustrated once by a preacher. He said, these two commandments are almost like the cross, like loving God with all of our heart, soul, strength, mind, and loving our neighbors as ourselves. Loving God, loving neighbor. Isn't that interesting? He's like, it all is right here. Man, if we, if we get this one right, and then we get this one right. You know, when we love God above all else, guess what? You can't pick who you love, you gotta love everybody. You get this one right, and you start understanding, he's loved, and he's loved me, and, and he loved me first, and I love others. Like, it just flows out of this. Jesus puts it all right there, that we're supposed to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our strength, our mind. And in total transparency, I mean, when I read that, I'm like, I am not living up to that. I, I, I want to, I want to. I, that's my desire, and don't get me wrong, that's my direction, that's my intention. I'm, I'm praying that I'm increasing in percentage. Like, when I was like in my 20s, I was like, of course I love God with everything. Of course I, I was, you know, you're arrogant. How many of you are arrogant in your 20s? Got the world figured out until you have to buy a house and have a kid, and then, you know, then your parents get so wise. But anyways, I was like, you know, of course I love him with everything. And the older I get, I'm like, a lot of growth here. A lot of growth here. I am so glad God doesn't like put a percentage on. Like, you know, I'm glad I don't walk into church and he's like, 57, I'm a 57 percenter. Or, you know, I, how many are glad there's not like a percentage? Like, but I, I love that I'm increasing. And then I'm going in the right direction and I love that Jesus makes this possible that I can follow God and it's because of grace and I'm like, I love him because he loves me and this is I'm gonna keep growing in this love and thank you Jesus for allowing me to love God in this way. But I, I, I desire to be more like him and to love him more and I, I, I take it as a compliment. I was meeting with a pastor in, in San Francisco and he has this beautiful inner city ministry there and he looked at me and he goes, wow, you really do love God. And I was like, well, I shouldn't I? You know, I should, right? You know, and he goes, well, I don't know. He goes, I've met a lot of people that have been in the church world a long time. They kind of get cynical. And he goes, you really love God? I'm like, Th- that's what we're supposed to do. Like, we're supposed to love God. Like, I really do love, that's, I mean, I'm loving God. I, that's what we all should be doing. And it's, I, I want to get there all the way. And I'm trying to increase my percentage. And so I want to ask you, like, when, when you think about somebody that, loves God, like just loves God. Like when you get around them, you just love God more. Like they just love God so much. You get around them and you love God so much more and you just are challenged by them. Um, I'm going to have you tell your neighbor around you who that person is. Just a second, just a second. But for me, it was Mark Buntain. He was the guy that I did my internship with in Calcutta, India. And like he was just like, the whole time, like, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And walking on the street, I love you, Jesus. Jesus, you're so amazing. You're so amazing. He'd be in the elevator, and everybody would be listening to him. Like, he'd be like, I love you, Jesus. I love. You. And everybody in the elevator, like, is Jesus here? You know, like, he was like, you know, we were at dinner one time, and, and he, we were talking about sports and life and things, and all of a sudden he goes, oh, guys, we haven't talked about Jesus for like over five to ten minutes. And he goes, he's been so good to us. Let's talk about him more. How many know, like, I'm just like, and I'm a failure. All right, you know, all right. <laughs> but I love Jesus more because he just loved Jesus so much more. And that's who I think of. Who do you think about? Maybe it's your grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, a neighbor, a friend, the person that discipled you. At the fear of losing the church from, if you're online, type it in. But it's fear of losing the church. Go ahead. Tell your neighbor. Who do you think of that loves Jesus like that? Go ahead. Tell him. Tell him. Go ahead. This is interactive. Go ahead. Tell and go ahead at all the campuses. Talk. Tell who it is. Who it is. A lot of wisdom. How many people is a grandma or a grandpa? Raise your hand. How many people is a grandma or grandpa? All right. Praise God for praying grandma grandpas. All right. Yeah. I want to be like those people that love God more. And I'd and say this, the older I get, the more I want to love God. I want to love God more and more. I don't want to get like been there, done that, whatever. You know, I want to I be more in love with God. I want the youth group to come up to me and go, how do you love God being so old like that? You lost your teeth, you lost your hair. I mean, how do you love God so much? That's how I want to be. I don't want to be the kind of guy that's like, get off my lawn. I don't want to be that guy. So whole heart, whole heart. This is what God says. And we know from Revelation 3, he hates lukewarm. He doesn't like it. He spits it out of his mouth. Now, turn to your neighbor and tell him who you think of of lukewarm. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) God doesn't want sleepy followers. God doesn't want half a percent. God doesn't want so, so passionate. God wants all, all, all. All, 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 all. Energetic praisers. He wants us all, all, all. It's so interesting to me. Whenever somebody's like energetic in praise, and our church is known as being an energetic praising church, sometimes some people take it to their level, and you'll see people like, You okay with that over there? You okay with that right there? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm okay with that. What about you? Am I okay with that? Am I okay with coffee can praise, coffee cup praise? You know, I'm not. I'd rather have you be like than this. You know, all right, you know what I'm saying? God wants all. Energetic. So let's look in this. It says to love him with all of our heart. In the Bible, this refers to the inner you. It's not just, it's not the beating component. It's your soul, your mind, your emotion, your will, your conscience. It's that, it's, it's who you are. And God's like, I want you to love me. And I love that Jesus said, I'm gonna love, you're gonna love him with all your heart. I love that that's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy, that we're gonna love God with all of our heart, that it starts on the inside. God, I love you on the inside. And from here, it expresses itself on the outside, but it, it starts in here. And right here, I love you with everything that I am. And it's an inside out thing. That's why God says, I'm gonna change your heart. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, he says, I'll take out that stony heart and I'll put in a soft heart. I will change you, I will make you new. He says, I love. we're supposed to love him with all of our soul and it includes our heart, but it's so much more. It's our passions, our hungers, our perceptions, our thoughts, how we talk, what we do. This is, we're gonna love God with our soul. I love that song we sing. Uh, Come on, my soul, don't you get quiet on me. There's a line in there. Right? Don't make me sing it. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna love him with our soul. Passion, okay? He says, we're gonna love him with our strength. With our strength. Now, this is interesting. The word strength is usually translated very. Understand? So it says, love the Lord God with all your heart all your soul, all your strength. But the word is actually translated very. Love him with all your very. Isn't that interesting? Love him with all your very. Now, I found this from a professor, Professor Jason Deroshi. He says, so if the word usually means very, what would it mean to love the Lord with all our veryness? Interestingly, the Greek translation of this word is power. The Aramaic translation is wealth. Both of these may actually be pointing in the same direction for the strength of a person is not simply who he is, but what he has at his disposal. Think with me, if Moses' call to love Yahweh starts with our heart and then moves out to our being, could not our veriness be one step bigger and include all of our resources? Love God with all your strength, all your power, all your wealth, all your very... That means, like, using everything you have. Like, God, I'm going to love you with this. I'm going to, like, some of you are like, how can I love God with my boat? You better pray about it and think about it. How can you love him with your wealth? How can you love him with your position of power? How can you love him with with your very, with your very? And some of you could be thinking, like... You know you don 't have to like quit your job or quit life to do that and you're like now i 'll love God because i'll i 'll join a pastoral minute no, love God with your very where you 're at and, and he 's given you these things and he 's put them in your hands and and use them to love God with your very with your veryness. then he says, with your mind and I love God loves it when we get smarter God loves it when we understand him more God loves it when we Dig into his word. God loves it when we do that. And, it, and it's easy for Minnesotans to camp here. Like, well, yeah, yeah, we just see that mind part right there. We love that part right there. We're not too good on the soul part, you know, but we're good on the, the mind part. It's, it's all the above. It's all the above. We're loving God with all this. William Barclay, another commentator, said this about this all love. He said it dominates our emotions. It directs our thoughts and it's the dynamic of all of our actions. That's what it is, to love God in this way. And this is a love that, for God that can't be kept in a building, but just oozes out of you everywhere you go. It's not something like we come to the building and we're going to love God when we get in the building together. No, we're loving God with all our very. That means like when I'm working, I'm loving him with my very. That means when I'm recreating, I'm loving him loving him with my very. That means you understand, I'm loving God everywhere and you can't stop me like I'm loving God with all that I am. And some people say, well, yeah, you have freedom to worship. No, we actually live in a country that says we have freedom of religion, which means we get to love him with our very, very fullness. You know what I mean? It means we get to evangelize. It means we get to share our faith. It means we get to pray for the sick. It means we get to do these things. I had one person and I won't embarrass him. I didn't get permission, but he's in an occupation. And they said, hey, you can't talk about Faith. And they, he said, this person's life was a train wreck. And I was just trying to help him. They said, you can't talk about that. He said, I just said, hey, if you wanna look into this, this could also help you because these things could help bring you to a better spot in life. And they are like, ah, ah, And you know, it's interesting. I was listening to a doctor from Mayo and the doctor from Mayo said, we gotta treat the whole person. We gotta treat the physical. We gotta treat the spiritual. We gotta treat the mental, the emotional. We gotta treat it all. It's like, they were kind of saying, we gotta treat the very, very We gotta treat it all. And and, and we live in a place right now where we're allowed to use our very, very fullness and worship God in all, and let's not lose that. Let's not lose that. Let's not let the world say, no, no, your faith stays in a building or in your living room. No, we're allowed to have our faith be everywhere and have a freedom of religion. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And now it's a privilege that we have and it's also a responsibility. Let's face it, many of us um, in our church are are living affluent lives. Okay, now some would say, wait, wait, what about, what about? Okay, but let's face it. We're in the richest 1% of the world. And you say, not maybe in America, but in the world. Okay, and if you've been on a global team and seen it, you see how blessed we are. We have to be very careful that our soul and our mind and our strength and our heart doesn't attach to the things of this world and our percentage with God goes down. Our love for God percentage goes down as our affluence goes up. Does this make sense? Every time I read Proverbs 30, I I, I read a proverb every day, whatever day it is, I read that proverb and every time I read Proverbs 30, Verses eight and nine jump off the page because it says this, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. And the writer of Proverbs say, like, God, give me just enough. I don't, wanna, I, I don't want this to increase and this to decrease. And a lot of us have to guard and make sure that our very, very is increasing our love. We're using our very, very to increase our love for God. How sad to have huge retirement accounts and huge savings nests and never go on a global team. How sad to not have giving goals and very, very goals, and maybe some of you could dream up, like, how could we use the cabin for God, and how could we use this for God, and how could we use what we have, and figure it out, to use it to glorify God, and to love Him with our very, very fullness. Let's be careful, church, that we don't start loving these things so much that our love for God goes down. Francis Chan, how many? if you've not heard of him, he's an author and speaker, and um, had a chance to meet him, hang out with him couple of times um he always asks like tough tough things like he's like mr ouch you know and and he said this he said like i'm not sure we love god as much as we should because the thought of this many of us would say that'd be okay and here's what he said what if heaven was filled with all your friends all your family no pain no suffering no sickness everything was just uh, amazing in heaven but no jesus would you still want to go there he's like for most of us would be like yeah and he's like but jesus is what makes it heaven right. and he goes do we love him so much that we like take the whole world but give me jesus I, that's all i desire i want jesus i love him with all with my all with my all now i don't live in condemnation with that thought and i don't want to condemn you on that either but i want us to live in the conviction of don't let a good life, start to have the percentages go up and our love for God go down. May our love for God only be enhanced by anything that he'd bring to us. And if it's not enhancing it, let us pray like, God, take that away. Get that out of here. I don't want more than, if I make it too much, that it makes me forget about you, lower my standard of living. Put me back where you need to put me so I remember you and I keep loving you with all my heart. Now, Before we end, I just want to give a couple practical things. This is not a checklist. It's a jump start. Um, I always try to give practical steps because some people would be like, all right, now how do I do this? How do I do this? So practical things, and some of you have heard these things before. But read the Bible enthusiastically. Like we have a soap sprint this week with Seek Week. It's the three chapters where this story is, and then we jump right into the book of Acts, and we're believing. You can love God with practical actions. You can obey his commands. The Bible says, if you love him, you'll obey him. So you're gonna start obeying his commands. You're gonna pay attention to what you sing in worship. And some of you need to go for it in worship. Some of you need to find a new freedom. You've been clapping and you've moved to clapping. And, and some of you, you need hand raising, coffee down, hands up, and you need to be enthusiastic in your worship. Some of you can, you're like, oh, remember that mind part, that mind part? I challenge you to memorize the word of God. Memorize the word of God. You wanna love God more with your mind? Start memorizing the word of God and let the word of God be there and that you have those scriptures come to mind. Some of you need to seek those spiritual gifts that God has for you. Uh, Monday night could be a way for you to love God more and say, God, I wanna love you more and I wanna be empowered by the Holy Spirit to function in those gifts to be more effective for you. I love you more. I want a great, like, here's more of me. Here's more of me. Some of you need to love your neighbor. That's, that's how you're gonna love God more. Spend time praying. Spend use your gifts, find your spot, be active in a small group, rearrange your schedule and saying, God, I, I don't just fit you in after the fact I'm gonna intentionally move things around to be there, and we're gonna be there. You can express your express your gratitude to God often. And I think about that. When I was around Mark Bontain, that's who he's doing so many times. He wasn't like, Jesus, I need this. Jesus, I need this. Jesus. He was like, Jesus, I love you. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. Jesus, you're amazing. Jesus, thank you for saving my family. Jesus, you're just expressing. These are practical steps. Disciple someone. Have you ever discipled someone and taken somebody who's new in the faith and said, hey, I wanna help you on your journey. You can call me, you can answer. Like, we'll meet on a regular basis and we'll, we'll grow together and I'll help you grow in Christ. Go on a global team, serve your city. Jesus says everything hangs on these two things: loving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, all of our mind, and loving our neighbor as ourself. Loving God, loving He said, it all hangs on that. Let's get this right. Let's be like those people we said in the beginning. Like these are the people we admire that love God and make us made us love God more. Let's be those people. Let's go into this week seeking God and loving God and saying, God, you're first. You're first. May the percentages increase. May it be more and more and more and more and more, all, all, all. So Lord, I pray for that. I pray for that right now. And I pray that our church would agree in prayer for this, that our love for you would increase. Our, our, your love for us, it can increase. You love us so much. While we were yet sinners, you sent your son Jesus to die for us, Lord. You loved us before we did any, anything good. That's amazing to us. And then we respond to that love and we say yes to it. But as we grow in you, God, our love for you increases. Our knowledge of you increases. May our strength increase. May our soul increase in its worship and love of you. And may people that know know us for many, many years say, you love Jesus more today than you did 20 years ago. You haven't grown cold. You're getting hotter. Your, Your love for Jesus is increasing. It's going up, and and I see that, and I admire that. God, that's the type of people we want to be, and it's because of your grace, it's because you loved us first that we could even do this, and so with your grace and with your strength and with your power, we desire to love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, and all of our mind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen and amen.